All right, we are in the studio corner with Tony Clark. Dude, what's up? Hey, good to see you, man. It is amazing to have you. Um, you are like the 10th guest I've had on from Gold's Gym. Wow. From, <laughs> well, that's your uh, social circle. That's what you pull from, right? We gotta hey. give a sh- We got to give a shout out to Gold's Gym because I've been working out there for what? 13 years, 10 years, wow. I don't know, some crazy number. Yeah. And I have so many friends there. And it's not until recently I discovered that people that go there have incredible outside lives. Right. It's such a networking place. That's it where is. I found you. I know. I mean, how long did we know each other before you invited me to a magic show? Uh, a couple years. Yeah. I've probably known each other at least five years. I cracked your back multiple times uh, yeah, before. My, <laughs> on, yeah, my uh, amateur car proctor, right. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, there is. It's interesting when you get to know people. I always wonder, too, like at the gym, like, what does that guy do? Why yeah. is he here during the day? You know, so does he have a job? Right. <laughs> These guys, they have to be some kind of artist or something or independent something to be yeah. in the gym at, you know, at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock. Or know? they're working night shifts and whatnot. Right. right. So it's interesting. It's fun to learn about people. You know? Yeah. Actually, I just met a guy. He came up to me the other day. I've been, I've probably, you, you know who he is. He's been going there for just as long as we have. And he walked up. He's like, hey, you're the guy with the podcast. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, my name's Steve. Uh, I've been a stuntman for 35 years. And he's worked on all these big shows. And my wife is a touring guitar player. She played for Kenny Loggins for however many years. And I'm like, I've seen you in here for how long? And I'm just hearing about this. Wow. Like, you just, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, when, cool. I, when I first met you, all we talked about was lifting and bodybuilding. Yeah. I was like, this guy must follow bodybuilding. And like, that was it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, this is, I'm a world-class magician. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, you know, it's funny because I, I, I'm not like a guy that performs a lot. I don't like doing it out of the realm of the performance space. I don't okay. perform. A lot of guys carry stuff with them all the time. They're doing tricks. They're, you know, do it. Yeah. They probably do it at the gym. But I don't do that. I, I keep it like separate. I separate it out. It's yeah. probably a good thing. Also, it is. Start asking you to do stuff. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> mind doing it, but I need to be, for me, it's mental. Like yeah. if I'm at the gym, I'm mentally there to work out. Yeah. You know, if I'm work, if I'm going to perform, Mentally, I'm there to perform, so it's it's different for me. I, it's hard Absolutely. for me to switch. Yeah, I trust me. I understand that completely. Yeah, on stage performance is a totally different mindset. It so, is. So, so I'm a musician. I'm gonna tell you a little story. Sure. Just for the sake of the question that I have for you. Oh, all right. When I was three years old, mm-hmm. I was sitting on the couch, and a commercial came on, and there was some guy on stage playing guitar and singing. I remember looking at that and saying, "I want to do that," and that was it. I always that's what I wanted. I wanted. I never stopped wanting that. I knew that. I my dad introduced me to classic rock, Led Zeppelin, you know, mm. Deep Purple. Uh, my s- sisters introduced me to like '90s punk rock and heavy death metal, which I really love. Uh, my mom introduced me to Motown, Beatles. Like I was just surrounded by music my whole life growing up. So it's very easy to say like I found music through multiple different things. I knew it made sense. Mm. And as I got older, I realized a lot of musicians relate to that kind of upbringing. Like I was around music all the time, and I was thinking I was you know working on the outline and what it would thought about some things I wanted to talk about. And I was like, I need to know as a magician, how does, and like you think of a little kid, uh, uh, playing guitar, you know, I found my way there, but a magician, right. how do you find your way as a, I read your art or uh, bio and it said six years old. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, cause my parents are immigrant Italians. I'm first generation rock and roll in this country. And, uh, you know, I admire immigrants as you know, and the, the hard workers, but there was no entertainment in my family whatsoever. 
the closest thing I had to entertainment that I could trace back is my dad was a good-looking guy when he was younger, and somebody approached him to possibly do like a commercial or something, and of course the parents said, hell no, you're not going to Rome or whatever. So my yeah. father's <laughs> dream was cut short, but maybe that was the only glimmer of entertainment in the family bloodline that I could find, you know. Wow. But I was six years old, and I was watching a TV commercial uh, back east in Connecticut, where I grew up. And it was TV Magic Cards, Marshall Brodeen, which actually just passed away last two weeks ago. Okay. Marshall Brodeen, TV Magic Cards. And I go, wow, that's cool. And he did the tricks. And oh, my God. And back then, between the commercials of the, the cartoons, he'd have commercials quite a bit. Because, you know, he, I talked to him. I met him, like, years ago. And he goes, yeah, it was cheap back then. You know, it was <laughs> regional. You do that. It was regional. Yeah, he had commercials on TV all the time. I saw that, and I was like, it caught my eye, and I wanted to buy one of those uh, TV Magic cards, like Svengali deck, they call them, special decks. So I went down to uh, uh, Five and Dime, which don't exist any longer, and I remember my mother used to go there to pay the bills. She'd go down, you know, back in the day to go to the superstore, certain stores, pay certain bills, and I go, oh my God, there's a deck of cards. It says TV Magic cards on it, really big letters, red, and I looked at it, and it was like two bucks or something. My mother was like, oh no, that's way too much back then. Imagine like 40 yeah. years ago. It's like $2 for a deck of cards. And they go, no, yeah. buy these. These are like 15 cents. My mom didn't understand. That was a special deck of cards. But we didn't have money. You know, my, my father worked hard. My mother worked home. So I saved and saved. It took me almost a year to save my own pennies. And but I finally bought that deck of cards. And I gobbled it up, man. How and old were you when you bought them? Uh, I was probably, uh, probably seven-ish. Wow. You know, that's, that's six, a badass story, man. Yeah, that's... so I started, you know, but then I got books and stuff back then. There was no yeah. videos, obviously. But I would go to the library and get books and take out like 10 books maximum from the library and then work my way up. Age group, age group, age group. At one point, I think I went through the entire library of, of magic books at one point. Wow. But that's, I was like, just. So there was just, never a question for you. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it was weird. It was just, it, just something about it just intrigued me. And I like ventriloquism, too. Because I, I thought that was magical. Charlie McCarthy back in the day when I was going and, and Tyler and Lester, African-American gentleman with the little uh, guy, you know, those were the guys around. And I go, yeah. to me, that was magic. So I got a you know, ventriloquist dummy for a while and I was doing it, but that Dude. was hard. So I did that, you know, and I was in my room for hours just doing stuff for myself. It was weird, but I would be, my mother, I'd be in the basement, my house in Connecticut. My mom would be stomping on the floor. Come on up for dinner. You've been down there all day. I've been, I, I would be on there for eight hours. I wouldn't even realize it. Wow. That's how... Especially that young. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. It, it, I just loved it so much. It was such an interesting grab me, grab me. I can't... I don't know why, but thank God it did. It that is so bad. So so the deck of cards you got was... What was your first trick then? Like, what, like looking back, if you had if you had to claim something as the first magic trick, magic trick that you achieved. The first thing I could remember clearly was a vanishing pencil that I got out of a book before I bought the cards because I was like, I was saving it for the cards. But I got books, you know. It was a vanishing pencil. You take a pencil, you roll it up in a piece of paper, it falls into your lap, you crunch the ends, you show them, tap it, all that baloney, rip it up, and it vanishes. Oh, and wow. And imagine that. I showed my mom, and she was fooled. I don't, I don't know if she really was, <laughs> but, but you knew, but you it believed felt it. Like it, it. Maybe I did, but all it took was that, that, that reaction. And then how do you get a reaction from anybody like that? Yeah. There's nothing else you can really do. You can't compare it. Right. So I was hooked. And the more I did it, and, you know, I was very quiet. I was very introverted. I didn't like to read. Magic was the only reason why I read, because I wanted to learn the secrets. I didn't like reading. You know, I never learned. I mean, I learned, but my parents never read to me as a kid. You know, they're immigrant Italians. They didn't read English. So books were like a rarity. Didn't have a bookshelf in my house. Yeah. You know, so it came along at a young age, and it just grabbed onto me, and uh, it it was fun. So did you stay introverted as you grew up? 
A little bit. Uh, always, I always did. I think that's why maybe at one point, um, I, I think it always. I, I liked in public. I was introverted. But if I was on stage, if I did a play, like I do plays for school, okay. I was cool. But you were an entertainer. Yeah, but off the stage, people would never guess it. It's Still till this day, yeah, they wouldn't guess it. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know why. I think it, because I, like I said, it's a mindset. I think I have to be set and doing it. I can't be off stage and be this and, and it has to be, you know. Yeah, it has to be a separate thing for me. It's intentional. Yes, yes, exactly. So. I mean, I don't know how. It, I mean, it's definitely for me growing up as a musician. It, I wasn't exactly cool, quote unquote cool. Like the guitar didn't get me the girls. You know oh, what I mean? Didn't? No, I mean, I, I oh. didn't. I, I was. I, mean, I, I definitely kept it to myself and played as much as I could and whatnot. It was right. never for that. But right. it, you know, I, I wasn't cool. But I also wasn't, you know, ridiculed for it in the sense of like it wasn't uh, the so-called nerdy thing to do. Like it was oh, just guitar. Gotcha. And I, you know, growing up as a magician, I mean, especially at the younger years, did, did you, I mean, did you ever deal with, you know, the other kids not understanding why you liked it so much ridicule or anything like that? I mean, yeah, there's a combination of things that would happen. I remembered there were some kids that thought it was fun and cool, but then there were some kids that got threatened by it. Cause wizard. Well, no, just because <laughs> that you got more attention. Oh yeah, well that's always it's, that. You know, at that age, you're just fighting for attention. Well, especially if, you know, as that long ago, as an immigrant coming from an immigrant family, yeah. and then you're doing magic, like it's got to right. be right. Totally, like where'd this guy come from? Right. And Italians, you know, they're kind of hardcore. They're like, yeah. you know, they're not the greatest audience in the world. You know, <laughs> first of all, they don't pay attention because they talk too much. Number one, <laughs> and then they, you know, they know you. And, oh, you're a congenital son. You do lots of magic. That's cute. Whatever. They don't listen. They don't watch. Yeah. So it was always a challenge, but uh, it was. It's essentially high school. This happened. I joined the talent show. Now they knew I acted and stuff. I did like plays. We did Greece and we did uh, uh, what was the other one? Dracula. I was Renfield and Dracula. Yeah. Greece. I was Duty and all these. You know. Then we had a talent show. Nobody really knew that I did magic like like really serious. So I did my stage act for a talent show. They were freaking blown away. They had Dude. no idea about my tail coat, my doves, my birds, my fuck fire. Yeah. Kicked their ass. And people oh. were like, what the fuck? They didn't know. Teachers are like looking at me after that. And then, you know, and something, yo, that's not fair. That's not fair. You're a professional, man. That's, that's not fair. Yeah, you can't, you can't compete not, with us. Yeah, yeah, it's not fair. You're professional. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm in high school with you. I'm professional. What are you talking about? I'm, in I'm just good at what I do. I'm in right tech. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in carpentry. I'm a carpenter. I'm in a carpentry shop. You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a shop guy. But they were blown away because I don't I didn't flaunt it in, in, in class either. I never did much. Just here and there, maybe a tiny bit, but not really. But when yeah. I put my suit on, my tails, music, bang, I banged it. They were just that image comes out, yeah. And then from then on, it was like people looked at me differently. It was weird. My teachers, and they all kind of looked whoa. It's almost like they had this new respect they didn't understand, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was kind of a rough school back in the day. Those schools were for kids that didn't want to go to other schools. Yeah. And I went there because I wanted to learn how to build magic. Uh, I went to carpentry. I wanted to learn how to build props, you know. Oh, fuck but yeah. trade schools uh, back then were not looked upon as high education at all. Yeah. So all the rejects, quote unquote, would go there. But I was like, I loved it, you know. So, yeah, going to that school was kind of interesting, you know, and, and, and then seeing that magic. It, like, I think that was like my uh, junior year or so. Uh, yeah, it was like my like, like junior year, I think. Yeah. So did that did that change your perspective on what you wanted to do in the future, like seeing a reaction or experiencing a reaction yeah. like that? Yeah, I've always wanted to do it. I knew I was going to do magic always. So that must have been a motivating experience then. Yeah. You know, those little things that you know how it is. You take those little, like, you know, those little gigs that give you that bump, that give you that extra push. You know? Oh, hell yeah. 
you know, oh yeah, just get, get, those little things are good for people. You know, I won my talent show when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, see, I, you... I didn't plan it. I just walked on and played some random stuff on the guitar for like yeah. a few minutes, and you kicked a butt. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, oh, okay, I'm, I guess I am good at see, this. Like I can do this. That's all you need. Those yeah. little those little nuggets to keep you going. You know, it's like golfing. I'm so bad at golfer, but every once in a while you hit a good shot that keeps you going back. You know, You're like I'm going golfing tomorrow. Now. I'm doing it, baby. <laughs> I made one good shot and almost got a hole in one. I'm gonna go back. You know. But that's it. Those are little nuggets. So career-wise, like, I, you obviously knew you wanted to do it all the time. You know, yeah. It's always what you want to do. But, like, what point did you know, like, okay, I can make this my career? Like, was it a paid gig you got? Was it your first paid performance? Well, interesting enough, I was always an entrepreneur as a kid. Um, I started doing kids' birthday parties for money. My first gig, I was nine years old. Wow. And I got paid $9. Oh, shit. My neighbor's friend's neighbor, whatever. It was, like, two people over from my house. But I remember this. She talked me down from $10 to $9, okay, number one. And that was my first show. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And she knew that. But the kicker was she gave me $5 in singles and $4 in quarters. And I, after that, I remember I would never charge anybody $9 for a show in my life again. And I, I think I doubled my price after that. It was like 25 bucks after that. Uh, but that was my first paid gig at nine. And my dad would drive me around on the weekends. I'd do two or three shows sometimes on weekends. Holy kids shit. Nine years old? Nine, 10, 11. Yeah, all the way through high school. My dad, God bless him, was an Uber driver before Uber drivers existed. <laughs> He'd drive me all over Stanford, Greenwich, Connecticut, Darien. Wow. And I'd do, you know, it went to $50 and $65 a show. And then I bumped it to $100. You're making a freaking living. Not bad for a little kid. It's not know. bad. It's incredible I'm for a little a couple hundred kid. bucks a month. You know, Jesus. but I would invest it back in my magic, and uh, you know, my, I would never have to ask my parents for money because I, I didn't like asking my parents for money because I could see my dad worked so hard. My dad worked three jobs. Yeah, I, I, I never in my heart had to, uh, I was able to ask him for money. You know, so I, I learned. Oh, he's working. Well, that's what I should be doing. You know, he didn't have to say it. Yeah, but I mean, for. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm just speaking because this is, you know, the generation I live in. Like, you go up to someone my age and, like, 99% of the time they'll tell you, like, this is my hobby. This is what I like to do and this is what I do for a living. Right. And they're two such separate things. Yes. And it's almost, like, impossible to convince them that those should be one and the same or can be one and the same. Yeah. You know, if you just find the right outlets and find the right avenues. And here you are back in a time where the idea of following your dreams is even – even farther out of sight yeah you know nowadays we can say follow your dreams but back then like definitely not and you without question said i'm gonna do something that literally is super out there yeah you know coming from an immigrant family everything's already hard enough it's like i'm gonna make money with that now right. i'm fucking nine years old right dude right that's well, you, incredible but i never focus on the money though well of course not i i, I charged them because i knew other guys were charging that money it's other guys in the, in the area were doing kids shows and you, know, you had to you had to make your spot well yeah i'm i make i was worth it and yeah. I'm buying stuff, so I, I I knew I needed money to make to build my act more. So I charged people, and I figured out what the going rate was. And one guy took me under his wing, a, kind of a hippie guy, really cool magician, and he taught me to do magic with these little gerbils in a pan. And kids love gerbils, <laughs> and I moved on to doves after that. When I was Dude. like 11, 12, I started using doves in my act. So it, I don't know, it was just a infatuation. It's hard to hard to really recall it, but I know I loved it. And I never would stop. I, I, I pulled away from it a little bit during my later teens when I got into powerlifting. And then I saw talk, a picture of you yeah, posted the huge, other day. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, that's not Tony. Yeah. I was two and a quarter. I was second in the state of Connecticut, but I was not healthy. You know, I was taking a lot of st substances and stuff, not healthy. 
Um, so I met my teacher in New York uh, by, by just by luck. I met Slidini, he's a magician in New York, and then I, I again I, I was attracted to him, but no, uh, I don't know why. We started talking, and I, and I asked him to give lessons. He does. Oh, good. I started taking lessons from him once a week going to New York City, and before you know it, I got into magic again and got out of powerlifting. And so you, you stepped away from magic then as a teenager? A, um, a little bit, tiny bit. About I would say I still did shows when I was huge. I remember I couldn't even wear my tuxedo jacket anymore. Oh, I had to God. wear like a kimono because my chest was so huge. <laughs> I was so big, my neck, and you know I couldn't wear regular clothes. So I had this like Japanese it's kimono. It's got to make it hard because you got to hide stuff, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for the kids' shows, I didn't that much. But a little bit, yeah, it's hard. you know. But yeah. I, was, I look back at those pictures, oh my God, I was so uncomfortable. Jesus yeah. Christ, what am I doing with that damn kimono on? These, imagine walking into a house like that. I was two and a quarter. These kids probably thought I was going to squat them you know <laughs> nobody ever gave me any problems and that's probably why uh, but anyway so I did that and then at the age of that was between 19 I started getting a bodybuilding first and then got into powerlifting and I don't know I just like the challenge of it I guess you know it was a challenging thing and it was you know what it was too it was an independent thing oh I, I understand that 100% because in a team effort I remember like oh I remember team sports but I remember I always said the gym is the most honest place you could ever be because you could never say I could lift 100 pounds if you don't lift 100 pounds. Yeah. You can't even lie to yourself. So to me, it was always an honest place. And I remember, oh, that's cool. So I just got into a – met these – and again, I met the best people in the business. They trained me, and I got really good. And, uh, you know, first contest, I, you know, second in the whole state. But it wasn't healthy. And thank God I met my teacher. And then I met another mentor after that my hometown, and it kind of took me even further. So, But that's what it is too. When you're good at something, you attract people because they see it. Yeah, you know, you bring those people around you. You know, they, they you kind of bring that. If, if it's same, if the opposite. If you're negative and you're and you're and you're making trouble, you bring those people around you as well. Yeah. If you're passionate about what you do and you're really good, people come around. And it's interesting that you know, there's people there that could probably help you or, or give you advice. Somehow they feel that energy and yes. they're just attracted to it. Yeah, like, that's just how it works. Yeah, it is. It's true. It's true. And don't look for it. It does happen or it doesn't, but don't look for it. But it does. Well, happen more sometimes. importantly, I think it's important to expose it. Yeah. You know, obviously you're not doing it to look for the people exactly, but you know, if you hide away something you care about and are passionate about, like purposely hiding it away and keeping it away from everyone, then of course right. no one's going to find out. No, you, no, know? you have but to put you, it out there. You have to be confident, stand by what you do, and put it out there, and boom. You yeah, know? that's that's where the guts come in. You know, hell yeah, that's where the passion overrides the fear. That's what I say. Oh, passion yeah. overrides the fear because we're fear. You know, we get, I get stage fright still. I, you know, I get, you know, that concern, and, and but the passion overrides it. Absolutely, you know. So that's it has to. Yeah, it fucking has to. Yeah, as a performer, you gotta, you know. I saw a really cool quote the other day. It's like, uh, if you know, if you can't overcome the fear, then do it afraid. Oh, there you go. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty simple. Like, fake it till you make it, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, then that is what it is. Like, what matters more, the fear, you being afraid, or the passion? But no, I, I I get that. I totally understand that. I mean, I mean, I, I'm still trying to chase the crazy dream, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know what is though? I think chasing it is, is 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 a way to think of it. But also is uh, you're on the ride, you know. You're on the ride. Oh, I like that. You know, you're not chasing it. You're on the ride. Yeah. Chasing it, you're behind it. You're on the fucking thing. You're riding the, the the ride. Fuck yeah, dude. You know, you're riding it. So ride, enjoy the ride. I love that. There'll be some stops. There'll be some cool destinations. Uh, enjoy some the ride. Bumps, you know. Yeah, enjoy it though. Yeah, fuck yeah, I love you know, that. I really, ride, really like that. And then the ride should never stop. Hell no. Just keep just. I don't think ride. it could. If you really are passionate about it, I don't think yeah. it's possible. Yeah. There's no any, – any art form, it, it's never ending. Yeah, you can't stop. No, you'll never learn everything there is. It's impossible. You'll never, <laughs> you'll never do everything there is. It's impossible. You know, you can never it's, – it's, You can do anything, but you can't do everything no. kind of thing. Right. 
that's the key. That's the key. So stay. I think the key is though, stay in the game. That's the key. I always tell young guys, stay in the game. Stay in the game. Defining what that means too. Yeah. If you have to get a job to stay in the game, do what you got to do to yeah. stay in the game. Like some guys, like yeah, I'm still working this job, but I want to stay in the game. At least you're in the game. Yeah. So you got double. It's a it's a double win. You're in the game, but you're you're pursuing it. Don't give up. Stay in the game. That's the key. If you get out of the game, then you're out. That's really interesting way to look at it, actually. I mean, because being able to, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing, like as a musician, as an artist, as an actor, as a magician, you know, anything right. regarding entertainment, especially, or creativity, you know, what what does that mean to stay in the game? Like, you can work two jobs and once a week go to an audition at some, you know, terrible place. Right. Is that staying in the game? Or is well, it you go home every night and everything, you, every ounce of free time you have is dedicated to something along those lines? Yeah, you can't fool yourself, right? Yeah, like see, that's, that's, that's it's, what it's, it's hard. A, yeah, like going to the gym, people think they're working out. Oh, God. I yeah. go to the gym. An hour they're working out, but they're fucking, you know, they're working they out for 10 look minutes. the same 10 yeah, years later. Yeah, so you got to do the right things. Yeah. Stay in the game, but you have to really play the game. You have to really be in the game. Yeah, once you're there, sit down to play. Don't just show up at the table and well, watch what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you Yeah, you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah, I mean, that. And well, fuck, we're creatives. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's, it that's, is. That's a battle. It is, and it's hard to understand. Other people can't advise you. It's hard for people to advise you yeah. because they don't know exactly what to tell you. You're an artist. Whether they tell you how to do this, yeah. It's like you, know, you either got to do it or don't. Yeah, you're Only a family you of artists. You understand different arts in your family. You <laughs> yeah. can't tell somebody what to do. They they do what they do by their feeling. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts. My parents. My mom said to me once. You know, she was not an intelligent, not uh, intellectual, but smart. She had like second grade education because the war in Italy. Um, she had half her leg blown off, uh, or calf blown off by a shrapnel of a grenade. So she Jesus. went through a lot as a kid. She never went to school, second grade. But she was smart, very smart. She says, I can't tell you what to do, but I know you know what you want to do, so I'm going to let you do what you want to do. Oh, wow. That was it. She allowed me to do it. She had she had confidence in me. I Again, love like we, that. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Like like I said before, if people see that you're passionate about something, they will they will understand it. But you have to do it though. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not bullshit. Like I, I'm sorry to say, the millenniums now, yeah. young guys, they're talking it. It's a no fi- one's work. Yeah. No passion is physical to me. Fuck yeah. Passion is a physical thing. It's a, it's a doing. It's a verb. It's not talking about it. Wow. Don't tell me you're doing something. Do it. Show me that. You know. Feel it. Passion. You have to feel. To feel it. It's, there's a there's a there's a physical element to feeling. I'm passionate about lifting weights. Well, I never fucking lift a weight. No, you can't understand what that means. No, you get a pump, you go in the gym, that's when you feel, that's when you feel. Yeah. So entertainment's the same way. You can't just say you're doing it. You got to really be doing it. Yeah. Feel it. It's a, it's you can't sit at your fucking uh, hipster coffee shop and drink your right. weird coffee and talk about what's wrong with everything and what you're going to do about it right. and go home and yeah. watch Netflix. Right. No, no, you got to really, yeah. No, that's right. I'm a little bitter, as you can tell. Well, it's interesting because I think... What's happening now is with the new, all this social media, everything's accessible. Yeah. Right? Before we had to dig for it. Mm-hmm. When I did magic, there was no videos. I had to go through books and then find other books and really read this writing and understand it and extract it. But I did it. Nobody just handed it to me. I didn't go on YouTube and watch guys show me magic tricks. Now it's all these guys that just throw stuff up there. And even if you do go on YouTube, like, you know, for today's night, like, if you do go on YouTube, YouTube is a great tool. It is. I think it's great. It's great but don't tool. go on YouTube and say you watched a video, so all of a sudden you're better. Like, if you're going on YouTube, you have to go on with intention. Like, right. I'm watching this video because I need to learn how to do this thing, and this guy teaches it It's best. a wonderful tool. 
I and love it. I use and that, it. Yeah. Well, that's that's the problem. Like you know, especially with social media and like accessible factor, it's like you know because it's accessible doesn't mean that you get to just say you use it and you've gotten better. Right. Like if you're not actually using, it, like you can't right. just hold a hammer and, ex- and the nail and say I'm building something. You got to fucking hammer the nail. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, no, I I love that. Passion is physical though. Fucking in- what a statement. Yeah. Passion is a physical. That's thing. That's why I feel about it. That's why I think I like physical stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, everything is physical. When you play music, it's physical. Oh fuck yeah, it's you're physical. Painting, it's uh, physical painting. vibration. Yeah, you uh, there's physical elements to it. Yeah. You can't talk yourself through a song. You can't talk yourself through a show. Yeah. You know, even a comedian, there's physical. Yeah. He he's emotionally charging himself and moving up and down and there's physical movements in his body and Which is why there will always be an entertainment business because yeah. people like that. They yeah. crave that. They need it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, know? A, it's a good outlet. It's a good way to escape. I call like for magic. I say it's a mental vacation. I give you a mental vacation. Oh, I love that mental vacation. Yeah, don't forget. If I'm gonna hear, I'm not here to fool you. I'm here to take you away from your everyday thoughts. Believe something your, is possible, right? You know? And just take you away and use wonder, you know, to get you away from it all. We forget about wonder as kids. We know what wonder is. As adults, we let it go and it disappears because it's not quote unquote practical. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Right. I mean. Yeah. That's where all the best ideas come from. Yeah, yeah. All the greatest ideas are stuff that you'd never imagine would uh, ever happen. Oh, we're going to fly to the moon. That's impossible. You know? Yeah. George Millier did a video, a, a movie of his, his famous man to the moon. Oh, he's insane. There's no, there's no way you get to the moon. Yeah. You gotta fuck it. What? That's stupid, dude. Don't, don't talk about stuff like that. People think you're nuts. You never get to the moon. Come on. Well. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Exactly. I fucking love that, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to remember that for a long time. The physical thing. Passion is physical. Yeah, I think it that's is. an important thing to remind yourself yeah. for any sort of creativity. Like, yeah. Any, any job. Anything, any job. Anything passionate. Like Anything. You're what writer. part of it is physical? It's all physical. Yeah. Because otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah. Even if you're talking, it's physical. If you want to be a good speaker, it's physical. Yeah. There's oxygen. There's air. There's tonality of your voice. Levels. Changes. What an incredible thing. Yeah. I hope I hope the people listening are going to take that and remind themselves of that every day. Yeah, I will. Passion yeah. is physical. Yeah. Sorry, I just totally went into my head there. I was like, that is. Yeah. I had to touch the right spot. So speaking of performing. Yes. Um, I've only actually got had the pleasure of seeing one of your shows, and it was at the Magic Castle. Yeah, man. You look good in a suit, dude. By the way. Dude, custom I've, made. I've, that had to be custom made. That suit. Cause... I uh, well, I definitely went through <laughs> a lot of different suits until I found one that one fit me, and then I had to have it tailored as best as possible. Right. It's hard when you're big and you're, you know. Well, I'm like a short guy with very broad shoulders and a tiny waist. Right. Like, they hate it's you. Just, in nothing makes sense. Shop. Yeah. It was a shit show. Right. Right. But you know, it, it worked Looked for the good. time. Look good. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was um. So before we talk about the performance, because I definitely want to talk about that, it was a really great, really really great night. The fucking Magic Castle, man. That is like the most exclusive club in the world. It is. It is. It's like literally considered the most exclusive club in the world it's dead center of Hollywood it's yeah. impossible to get in so how did you get involved with it like were wow. you approached did you audition well I mean this, I'm so fucking curious and well, I mean I don't this know how goes you back, can tell me okay <laughs> this goes back to and that's odd I just met a guy from uh, from Dale Carnegie course again in my haircut two days ago the guy works for global uh, network of Dale Carnegie I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill okay. which I recommend everybody and I think it should be a book that should be read by everybody before they get out of high school. Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, I read that because of Tony Robbins. I was heavily into Tony Robbins back in the day. Fuck yeah. Because I I needed to improve, and I wanted to figure out the best ways to improve. Um, so I started practicing. I wanted to compete for a competition. Uh, 1988, the, the 
world class cha- uh, championship for magic uh, at the Society of American Magicians National Convention in St. Louis. So I started preparing for it. So I get there and I use visualization. I use all the techniques to rehearse. These are all in my book, by the way. I wrote a book last year and I, I, wrote, I put all those yeah, techniques in the book. You guys can't see this, but Tony gave me a gift. It's his book. It's called Insider Secrets Mastering the Craft, Show, and Business of Magic. Yeah. So it's all this in there. Is, I'm pumped to fucking read this. Yeah, it's all those secrets of rehearsing. Because that's, <clears throat> like I said, you could pretend like you're rehearsing or you could pretend like you're working out, but unless you do it right and prove every single time, you're not going to get better. So, yeah. long story short, cut to the chase. 1988, my goal was to get to the contest because Bill and Irene Larson, the owners of the Magic Castle, always attended the national conventions and they would oh. grab the new entertainers. So I'm like, okay, perfect. Fuck. I'm going to go to St. Louis. I'm in Connecticut. I'll never get to LA otherwise. I'm going to go to St. Louis, right in the middle of the country. Perfect. I'm going to compete. If I win, they'll see me. They'll book me. I'm going to be in. I, and I, that's all I did. I visualized that for three, four, five months in my head, six months, rehearsing every day, three times a day, videotaping, videotaping, videotaping. I bought the first recon camera that ever existed, the mini, uh, uh, mini uh, pill, just to watch my act over and over again because I yeah. uh, rehearse, you know. So I get there, St. Louis, and I ask around, hey, is Milton and Irene here? Nope. They're not going to come this year. They had to go to Europe for something. I'm like, oh, shit. So anyway, no worries. But I go. I do the contest. Kick ass. Bang. I win. First place. Right? So now, when you win the first place contest on Wednesday, Thursday night, they put you on the professional show as an opening act. Hey, this is the winner. Welcome to the new world. You know, professional magic. Yeah. So I'm on the show getting ready, and a guy pulls me over and goes, hey, do you know who your MC is? I said, no. Peter Pitt. Who's Peter Pitt? He goes, you don't know who Peter Pitt is? I said, no. He's the entertainment director for the Magic Castle. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's funny how that works, huh? <laughs> I'm like, what? So I did my act. Of course, I wish he didn't tell me that, but I was more nervous than normal. I did it. Audience loved it. It was great. You know, 2,000 people. So after the show, I was very modest. I said, uh, Mr. Pitt, how do I audition for the Magic Castle? He says, you just did. Gave me his card. Boom, my oh. head almost exploded. Call me when you get back to Connecticut. That's like a, oh my God, that's like the most epic thing yeah. ever you just did. Yeah. The most exclusive club in the world. Boom, you're in. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, it was like better than even Milt and. Yeah, that's got uh, yeah. way better experience. <laughs> better than the brother being there and the, and the wife. Yeah. So he oh gave me the, my God. I called him uh, like, you know, pretty quick. <laughs> and then he booked me uh, that year. That was in uh, June, or ju- that was July of 88. I went in September. I performed at the Magic Castle for the first time, flew out to LA. And then I saw L.A. I'm like, whoa, my God. This is amazing. I've never been to L.A. I'm in Connecticut. Wow. I never went so anywhere. your first trip to L.A. was to I've never the been Magic anywhere Castle. but Italy once when I was 12. I never traveled anywhere. Holy New shit. New York City, of course, but, you know, California. It was September, warm. People were all good-looking, young, artists. Go to Melrose. Some, a friend of mine took me to Melrose to show. Oh, man. It's a deadly these, place. All these shops. <laughs> all these shops and clothes. And, oh, I said, what am I doing in Connecticut? I did the shows. I did a one week worth of shows. The best. At the Magic Castle. Yeah, incredible. And it was so weird. I visualized it so much. When I got there, I felt like I was already there before by visualization techniques that I used. Because wow. I was so nervous how to get over that, you know. But I got there, and I was like, oh, my God. I feel like I've been here before. It's weird. I got home. told my parents, I'm going to move to California. This, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Eight months later, I moved to California. And that wow. was it because of the Magic Castle. And I moved right down the street from the Magic Castle. I'm going to actually do a video on that. It's a 30-year anniversary that I moved out here. And I'm going to go to my studio apartment where I first moved to the corner of La Brea and Franklin where I first started. Oh, my, you're literally right next to the Magic oh, Castle. Right down Holy the street. Shit. Yeah, I used to walk unknowingly that how dangerous it was. I'd walk down to the Magic Castle back and forth at night. Yeah. That's oh how my I got God. in. That's how I got in. So you – so right then he told you you're a member. Well, yeah. He said, call me and you're booked. 
Yeah. So he booked me. Yeah. So what? Did you play the big room? Did you play yeah, the small? Yeah. Palace. The palace. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. The like main, real deal. The main room. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. So. It was cool. I when I was there, I asked around a little bit. I, I the downstairs bar, mm-hmm. and I uh, talked to a few different people. And there's a woman telling me that her husband was trying to become a member, and she said that you have to be a magician to be a member of the club. Yes, you have to audition. I actually was on the committee to be audition committee, which is actually last night they had the, the every first Monday of the month they have audition. Like say you want to be a member, okay, you got to come and audition for the committee, and you have to be a good enough magician. Yeah, you have to be decent. So the average person cannot be a no. member of the Magic Cast. No, no. It's a Magic Club. So how do people get in then? I mean, you, you invited audition. me. You got to audition. But like for a night to like say I want to go see Magic. You just got to get a membership. A uh, member gives you a pass. Guest pass. So how many passes can you give? Uh, you can give you know, a pretty good number. Okay. Yeah, they don't go crazy unless they see you abusing it. Yeah. But they like that. That's why it's so busy now because they have so many people going. They're doing phenomenal, you know. Damn. What a wild, wild concept. Oh, it's 55 years has been going on. Yeah, 55 years. Holy shit. Yeah, the Magic Castle, yeah. yeah. Dead Center of Hollywood, most exclusive place ever. It's it is, incredible. yeah. It's very expensive now. It's a, it's, it's a high-end uh, restaurant now. Very different, yeah. Well, different. I, I, I ate at the restaurant. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was um, very expensive, even more so than you were there. Yeah. So it was, it's a different world. But it's cool. Hey, that's what brought me to California, man. I love so it. So do you, do you think that the exclusive, exclusivity of um, the membership keeps it afloat? Like the fact that everyone wants to be a part of the Magic Castle? Or is it the Magic Castle itself what it provides to, to its members that's so intriguing? I think it's a combination of both. Okay. Yeah. It's a combination of both. I think it's it's because uh, the public really supports it. Magicians, we have a, a Wednesday night is our members night. Okay. You know, there's like 6,000 members though. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. That's, yeah. But they're open seven days a week, you know? And so they're busy all the time. They're doing so well. So if they're open seven days a week, like 6,000 members, I mean, you're giving out members, you know, p- passes for people to come all the time. So yeah. they just count on the members getting people to come all the time. That's how it works. Yeah. That's like... That's been... I don't think it was like... It's such a, it's such a crazy business model, but holy shit. Yeah, but it took 55 years to get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely they, wasn't like that before. Oh my God! In the beginning, it was really to hear the stories. You know, back in the day, was, they're struggling a lot. Yeah, really. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it it's came just... a long way. Well, magic is popular more than ever now. That's yeah. why I just worked on a uh, pilot because magic is getting into the mainstream more. Yeah, because of Shin Lim winning, you know, AGT. Then he won the world championship in AGT. Um, magic is so popular now. I, I don't remember it being this popular probably ever in my career. You know, it's really good. It's a really good time of year. Good time for magic right now. Yeah, it's like the second golden age of magic. Well, I think I think it's uh, it's not even just magic. I think it's the idea of a live performance. I think I mean, take music for example. You know, touring has never been more important. Yeah. You know, they make their money. They make their living off touring. I know. And it's yeah because the record labels and you can't make money right. doing this. Music it's all, is free. It's all live shows now. Yeah. Like and that people can say what they will, but the fact of the matter is, it's not just that. That's where the way they make their living. It's that people want to be a part of what people are doing yes we've been so like drowned in the in the internet in the screen like and it's we've been addicted to it but now we're we're coming out of it yes we are coming out of like yes i know what the screen's like i've had my fix i've overdosed i know it's there Mm. but it's not enough anymore i physically need to be somewhere i need to feel something you're smart and the stage has come more alive than it ever has before i'm glad you said that because I feel the same exact way. At it's, first, it, it, there was a, it did turn though. There was an arc, right? At first, like, oh my God, there's too much magic everywhere. Yeah. It's magic on the internet. Magic's here. Magic's there. It's too much. It's Everything not good. was saturated. Yeah. But now, it's like, wait a minute. When you see it live, 
Holy shit. It's all, yeah. Wait, there's no video. There's no no CGI going on here. Yeah. So now it's even more impressive. So it made a nice turn back to live performing. Well, also the whole idea of it being saturated, any any entertainment industry, you know, especially magic, like you see so many people, but what it did is it exposed so much of what's out there that the people that are good at it, the people that are passionate and are right. willing to work to be the best, stuff starting to stand out even more. Yes. Like you can't fuck with those people anymore. No, they're solid. The people yeah. that put their head down and said, I'm going to be the best at what I do. Yes. You can't fuck with them anymore. Right. The internet can't touch they them. They sustained. They sustained. I, I relate it to when the, the real estate boom, right? Yeah. I remember all, like tons of my friends, oh, they all became real estate agents because everybody's mm-hmm. making money. Real estate. Yeah. Yeah. They all drop off. And the main guys are still hanging, are still there. Because they, they don't treat it like, oh, it's a good time. They, they, right. they do solid. what they do. It's solid, yeah. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the, the onstage performance because I've, I've, I'm a solo act. Yeah. I, I play guitar, acoustic, and I sing. I have my own stage performance one out, but I can't imagine what a magic show prep is like. <laughs> you know, um, just to start, like, how do you – because when I say I'm, I'm putting together a show, I put together a set list. Like, I put together these songs. I'm going to play them in these order because they work this way, and this is what I'm trying to portray. But that's just like I can play songs. But a magic show, how do you – like, do you determine which tricks go first for a certain reason? Like, how does that yeah, all work? It's, exa- it's pretty close to what you do, really. It's it's kind of a it, – it's it's choreographing the, the – if you care, if you really care about what you're doing. As you should. Right. I mean, you know, you can throw some stuff together and just do it. But if to me – no repetition is important. We make a set list, same thing like you. Yeah. You got to have a set list, right? Absolutely. Unless you're doing the same act for a long time, like I did for years. I traveled. I didn't have a set list. It was all done in music for seven minutes and a half minutes, eight minutes nonstop. But when I do a set list now for like corporate shows or private parties, I make a set list. But I like to say, okay, here's my opener. What's my intention? Well, I want to just grab their attention. I want them to watch me. I want them to laugh a little bit. Okay. I give them a little bit of insight of who I am. Then I get somebody from the audience because I want to get the people engaged. And then I did it anyway. Methodical. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a rhythm to it. You know, I have a very, I have a certain way I like to do all my shows, even my shows that I've produced over the years. A lot of stage shows I produce, production shows. I have a way of doing it. It's an erratic system. I don't want a system that's easy to flow I don't want the flow to be up and down up. no yeah. I don't want that I want it up down sideways oops wait stop up down stop turn never a dull moment right the audience otherwise will become that kind of they feel that rhythm and they'll fall asleep you gotta keep hitting them with new stuff absolutely you know? yeah new thoughts like new information when I took groundlings years ago it was the greatest lessons I ever took I wish I did it you know 50 years ago uh, when I was born um, <laughs> uh but Groundlings taught you that new information is the only thing that keeps the, the, the routine going. When you start repeating information, that's when you start losing the audience. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a lot of information. It could be just a question. It could be a lighting change. It could be a music change. It could be a mood change. It could be you walking down into the audience. It could be going to stage right. It could be going to stage left. Could you you could take your jacket off. You know, it, it, so literally some, anything. Yeah, but just something to stimulate add, them. Yes, just to keep it from being the mundane like flatliner. I call it flatline act. It's just the same. Even if you're good and strong, you can only keep that so long, right? The way you do as, your music, right? Well, it's funny. As the next, I was gonna ask you after, like, you know. So my big, my, I always say, rule number one: you gotta entertain. Once you step on stage, rule number one is you have to entertain, regardless of what's going on. And I was gonna ask you, like, for me, like, I, I, I do do that. Like, all right, so I don't want to play a song that's similar to the last one. I want to play, like, maybe I play a softer song, but then I want to bring a heavier song with maybe some deeper lyrics. And then I have a crazy solo, and I fuck around. Maybe I do a jam. Maybe I say something in between this song. Like, I, I really, I think about a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, I, I, that's how I grab the audience. But for the entertainment factor, for you, like, you're already doing magic. How much more entertaining can you be? But from what you just said, like, yeah. 
you know, there's there's all those little things that matter. How are you entertaining the audience outside of your tricks? Variety, you know, variety. It's like I don't want to do like a bunch of card tricks in a row. Yeah. Maybe one I do in the whole act, you know. Then I do a mind reading trick, and then I do a trick with an audience member, a funny trick, and then I do another trick that is like a spoof trick, and then I do another one with uh, a gag with a picture, and then you know always these things, and I do a trick with a drum, and then I I mix it up, you know. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a variety similar to what you do. It's adding variety because you know the modern day audiences, it's hard to keep their attention, man. Short attention. Do you know how long it? A friend of mine just looked this up. Uh, we talked about it about over a year ago now. He looked at research that says the average attention span is eight seconds. Holy shit. I think it's less for the younger kids. Oh, I, I because of the it. Because of the stimulation of the video games and the instant gratification. Yeah. So it's so important to – I remember doing that, and that's a great lesson I learned when I was doing kid shows. you got kids sitting down. You cannot let them sit – for a minute without having some kind of interaction of some kind. Yeah. What's your name? What's the magic word? What color is this? This is green. No, it's blue. It's red. Oh, okay, great. Where's that? I lost that. Who wants to come out? You know, constantly. What a brutal audience. <laughs> yeah, but hey, great training though. Hell yeah. I mean, I did it for many years. I had a wow. great kids show. I even offered it to my son. I said, son, you want to make some money? He's 12, my son. I said, I can teach him my kids act. You can make like, you know, $75. You can make some good money here. But you know what? He's got to want to do it. Yeah, you know, but anyway, but the whole thing is the rhythm is in key, the key, keeping the audience engaged. That's all it's about, man. It's all it's about. It's harder than ever. That's, I mean, I mean, I got a fucking guitar up there. I can just shred a lick and people are like, oh, wow, that's cool. I can say something ridiculous into the microphone. Right. You know, I'm a musician. I kind of have that freedom if that, you know, if right. you get, catch right. my drift. Right. But like, as a, you know, with a magic show, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, I want to bring Tony on. He's a magician. Like, you know, what, am, what do I want to talk about? I was like, dude, this guy has the hardest job in the world. <laughs> Like I've talked to so many people throughout my life about the onstage experience, about performing, yeah. about what it takes, entertainment, right. dealing with an audience, blah blah blah, this and that. And there's you know everyone has different stories, but a magician, you're already you're already dealing with an audience that's uh, their eye is trained to yeah. look for the they're looking for you to fuck up. Right. They're right. just waiting for you to make one mistake so they can say I saw what he did wrong. Right. Right. I mean I think that's true. It's uh, brutal. Yeah. It, well, the, here's the point though. If you put the entertainment ahead of that. That's the key. Be an entertainer first. Have fun with the audience first. And don't take yourself so seriously. Back in the day, I was very serious when I did my act. And I traveled around the world doing my bird act. And it was very serious. But now I have more fun with the audience. And I have a little more flexibility. It's yeah. okay. Enjoy, you know, have, have you fun. You get so good at what you do that you can go up there and you enjoy yeah. yourself. Here's the secret. If you don't think when you're on stage, thinking cuts you off from the audience. Oh yeah, you have to be present. Yeah, no hesitation. Thinking is internal. Is is looking this towards yourself. You should be looking to the audience. So that's why I see these guys. They learn a trick. They do it the next day. It's like there's no way you're gonna connect with the audience because you're looking. You're worried about what your things are, your technique. Yeah. Forget about what you're doing and just put it all out to the audience. That's when you really enjoy. And it. if you're going on stage and you're already and you're worrying about all this stuff, like maybe you should be doing a better job at fucking practicing. Right. Do your job. Yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. Of course. Absolutely. I mean, it's, every once in a while, we'll throw in a new piece. I'm sure you throw a new, new song here and there. Oh, absolutely. It's cool, but mix it in with the rest of the stuff, though. Yeah, don't make the whole set about your new piece of right. music. Right, Yeah, throw it's it in like after, song. yeah, kick-ass piece, and I'll put this new piece in. It's like, I'm up here. Right. Like, if, if this right. fucks up, I'm right. still a little bit up here. Get a little safety so, net. Well, yeah. speaking of fucking up, like, you know, if I mess up, I can just like, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've messed up a song, yeah. mid-song. And no one's noticed because I just turn ah, it into a jam. That's the key. I just start fucking around, playing some riffs, you 
know, yeah. you know, do something cool or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I've gotten really good at that, but it's an instrument and people, you know, aren't trained to like know when I'm fucking, they don't know my song. Right. When in magic, that's, that's right. gotta, I mean, how, what do you, how do you, how well, do you, when you bomb, like what happens when you fuck up? Well, that's the key too. Unless it's a blatant like drop or broken prop or something, you could get around it because they don't really know what the ending is. Yeah, you can manipulate it. But that's again with experience that okay. comes with a lot of experience that you know. And they're called outs. We call them outs. What is your out if this happens? What is your out if this happens? So you know where to go in case something weird happens. You know. What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, the worst thing? Uh... I mean, I'm nervous just thinking about if I was a magician and I messed up. Like, I what do you? Ah. You know what? It's just, it, I'm not being cocky, but it didn't happen that much. Um, there's some bigger things that happen with like like illusion stuff, like you know, the girl thing in the air, and this rig breaks and snaps, and thread breaks, and oh, things God. swinging, and you know. But you know what? I remember going out, curtains closed behind me, and I just started doing the. Rest. I just went into the next piece after the show, and people were like, "Oh, what happened?" I, I didn't really notice because you just went through it. Professionalism. Yeah, you don't. Don't let them know you're sweating. Don't let them see you sweat. Yeah, you know. Don't they don't know. Just keep moving. Oh yeah, I, lo- moving. I love. That. I think that's great. Keep moving. Yeah. That's. I mean, I just. Yeah. That's that's crazy though. Yeah. Ha- like you have to have an out in case something. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have an out. Yeah. Like and, I mean, I don't have that. Like if right. you know if something happens, like I have to do something on the spot. Like I can improv and right. you know solo. Blah blah. blah. Right. But right. I just I just I I admire because I'm I'm super super I'm kind of kind of a dick when it comes to on stage performance and live performance I'm very very specific I'm very right. I uh, cut throat detailed I well not even detailed just like no excuses like if you're if you, like, my whole thing is if you're gonna step on stage in front of an audience it says that you think what you have is so worthy right. of their attention Right. so you need to be listening to it watching it just as much as they are uh-huh. so if you step on you fucking make that claim when you say you're going on stage right. you don't bring you don't bring not you're not you know you can't be unprofessional right you know, like I've I've seen so many acts come on with like guys with their guitars and whatever bands go on, and they just play their songs that aren't even that good. The set's not even put together. It's, they're not even good at their instruments, and they have this like kind of smug attitude on stage, like you're right. here to see them. Right. Like, oh, the audience wasn't good. I'm right. like, that's that should never come out of your mouth. I don't care where you play. I played yeah. in shit bars. Right. It's never the audience's fault. Oh, I love you say that. I, I fucking it. hate when you're like, know. oh, it was a bad crowd. What do you mean a bad crowd? You didn't do your job. Exactly. God, that's, sorry, this is a very intense that's subject. That's smart. For me. Hey, you know what? I have a chapter in my book about that. I can't wait. I'm reading this when you there leave There is, <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, you know what? The audience have different levels of appreciation. They're never going to be the exactly the same level, you know? They shouldn't be. No, it's impossible. But just do your job and, yeah. and, and, and do your job right. You Absolutely. Know? And, and if they give you something back, that's a bonus, you know? Yeah. Because you don't adjust your act to the audience. That's stupid, right? Yeah. Audience sucks, so I'm going to do less. Like, no, no. You do your damn act. You know, I've gotten some of the biggest breaks in my career in the shittiest shows you'd ever imagine. The smallest shows. One of my biggest breaks was in a small little tiny shithole show in Vegas, small little theater, and it came from there. So you never know, and you don't care. Anyway, you do it for yourself, your own you, self-respect. You love it. You're passionate. Yeah, about it. Yeah. You believe in what you're doing. You stand by it. Exactly. But the stage, you know, you can stand by it all day. When you step on stage, you're saying something even more, though. You know. Yeah. That, you means that you think it's worthy. You, like I said, you listen to it and watch it just as much as everyone else. If you're solid and you're confident and you're doing it, you could win over a crowd. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, it, it's I I think just don't let the, don't buckle, don't they can yeah. smell it. You know, and it's like it's like animals. You know, like they could tell if you're weak. 
Oh yeah. Know, tough crowds. Like I did a lot of shows in casinos. My my lot a lot of my shows in my early career was all casino shows. So you yeah. deal with casino crowds. <laughs> Different crowds. <laughs> you know? And back in wow. Tahoe days I had topless shows. You know, yeah. the first show second shows were topless back in the day. Yeah. You know, the ten thirty show was topless. So those crowds if they sense a little weakness, they're gonna eat you alive. They jump on you like a cat. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Not always, but there are occasions you need to keep that straight. And, well, uh, you definitely. Uh, I mean, it's definitely you, you learn a lot. I mean, I've learned the most. I've had the greatest education playing shitty bars in LA. No, Yo, you got to do it. Okay. I had the greatest listen, education. Listen. But the difference was there's been times where I have been eaten up by an audience where I was strong and confident, and they yeah. just didn't give a shit. Right, and when I wasn't strong and confident, and I was kind of felt like I was going inside myself, that was being eaten alive. Yeah, yeah. Could put it could have been the same exact crowd. Yep. And just because I felt differently about what I was doing, I just fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Because you feel like crap about yourself. At yeah. The end. That's all that matters at the end. Like yeah. you're going home with yourself. You're not taking the audience with you. Yeah, thank God. Well, you I look, mean, maybe if you take a member or two home, but well, well, <laughs> that happens. Uh, but if you say, "Hey, I did my best job tonight," um, uh, the audience didn't go crazy, but I did my best. And I'm doing what I love to do. Yeah. I'm freaking doing my passion, yeah. man. I'm living my dream. I'm playing an instrument. I'm performing. What the hell? One of the best things I ever heard, I was 12 years old. I was in my first band, and I was actually the drummer because the guitar player was 16, and he was much better than I was. Um, we were about to walk on stage at this little like teen center thing, um, and we were playing two cover songs, and that was it for the night. And I was really nervous. I was 12 years old. And he looked at me. He's like, just remember this. When you're on stage... Remember that no one out there can do what you what you can, mm. and if they can, they're not. You are. Wow. And that's never left me till this day. Every yeah. time before I walk on stage, I always tell myself, I'm like, if I get nervous or it's too excited, I say, I was like, no one out there can do what I'm about to do. Right. That's funny. And that's it's great. It's that's great. It's yeah. a great thought. Yeah, it keeps you in track. On track. Keeps you on track. Yeah, because you, your mind gets, especially when you're young. I mean, to do, to know that young. I wish I knew that when I was younger. I was like. I didn't realize how intense I was going to remember that at the time. <laughs> that's great for 12, man. Yeah. That's huge. That's great. Well, that's good. That's why you're a 16-year-old pod- pothead, too. <laughs> really? Well, this podcast is what it's for, right? Absolutely. You're, you're, you're sharing this information that is, like, really, if you're serious, it's very invaluable. Absolutely. It's like my book, when I wrote my book, I didn't put any tricks in it. And a friend of mine goes, oh, that's a mistake. You know, tricks that don't, uh, books that don't have tricks in it don't sell. I'm like, you know what? There's thousands and thousands of tricks out there. If you're serious... And you want to learn really what I've learned over 30 years experience, it's going to be valuable to you. Valuable to you. If not, yeah. it's not for you. Well, so, you know, that's, that's why like, I was excited to have you on here. Like, it's about bringing that creative journey, the community to the forefront yeah. of life. Because because of, you know, the, the internet and the online world, it feels like everything's so oversaturated that we have these bedroom uh, musicians, we have these kids right. with dreams to be magicians, to yeah. be actors, to be, right. you know, the next scientist, a motivational speaker. They have all these things and they, you know, they sit at home hiding away yep. and trying to put on an image for social media and like, because it's not cool to actually put work in anymore. It's cool <laughs> to talk about putting work in. It's cool to talk about that oh, stuff, that's weird to but say. like I was like, I need to bring these people together. I wanna, yeah. I wanna have these people in my life, and why not record it and have other people listen to it? Yeah, like there's people out there like talking about what's actually going on, the internal battle. Like, what is that bedroom musician feeling every day when he's in his bedroom? Right. Like that's what we want to conquer. Conquer that person yeah. and expose that instead of taking a cool picture with your fucking new mixing board or whatever, you know? Yeah. So well, that that that's interesting because with magic, it's very similar. I remember when I first started learning magic. I liked the secret myself. 
Like, yeah. I I, it was fun. Ooh, that, 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 that this card. This is mine. Yeah. But then you go, oh, if I do it for other people, oh, my God, look at their reaction. But you got to get – like you said, you got to put it out there. Yeah. Know? So then that becomes addictive. And I remember as a kid, after a while, my mom, God bless her soul – um, yeah, rest her soul. She she would t- you know how many cards she picked for me? Hundreds of thousands of cards. Here, mom, pick a card. Pick a card. You know. Yeah. So after a while, like I need an audience. My cousins they got tired of watching me. My neighbors they got tired of watching me. You know, I do I do shows on my front porch. You know, ten cents a ticket. Do a magic show on my front porch and sell a lemonade. Hustler, I love it. Yeah. But then I got I ran out of places to perform because as a kid, where are you to perform? Yeah. I hitchhiked down my downtown area in Stanford, Connecticut. This older kid, kind of a crazy kid. Nice guy though. He was good. John, uh, uh, I forget his last name, but we took we went downtown in front of the library, and I got a picture of it. I did street magic before that even existed. No shit. Photographer was downtown from the Stanford Advocate. I'm a little kid. I probably was 12 years old, 11. I have a little table. I have a little hat for tips, and I'm doing this my simple tricks for people just walking by because I needed some. I needed an audience. Dude. I was dying for uh, an audience, dude. I was that dying. is so valuable. See that right yeah. there. That story right there is so valuable. It doesn't matter what era you live in, what the world has oh, changed. No. It's still the same feeling. That passion yeah. is still physical. Conquer like you your said. backyard first. That's what oh, I say. Fuck Conquer yeah. Conquer your backyard first. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Guys, I'm, I'm gonna said. listen back to this and just be like, all right. Yeah. I need motivation today. I'm gonna go listen to yeah. Tony's episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know I used to be. I'm not smarter than anybody else. I've just done it for so long, man. I've been doing it. You also care. 40 years. Yeah, I love it. I mean, magic saved my life. I mean, to me, magic is, I love it for that many, many, many levels, you know? Yeah. It's a kind of, I look back on how the hell did I survive all these years? It's pretty cool, you know? Well, see, I, I think you're a very inspiring person and someone that, someone to look up to because, you know, there's a million different ways to do what you're passionate about. You know, you have to choose one or, you know, find what works for you. And it, from the stories I've heard today, tonight, uh, you're very clearly someone that sees that it doesn't matter where you are. I want to do what I want to do. And right. you, I was looking at, you know, some of the stuff you've done. You, you sent me some links to look at. Uh, I read your little bio. Uh, I could not fucking believe it. <laughs> you have worked with everybody. You've worked on, you've produced TV shows, full uh production like on stage shows yeah you i mean i was just i was yeah. like sitting here like who the fuck like all i, I know tony is a guy that wears gray sweat suit <laughs> and a towel around his neck and <laughs> asks me to crack his back every morning who the fuck is this <laughs> i was just blown away oh. and the and the main thing i really got from it that's before funny. we dive into the details because i really want to talk about a lot of that stuff okay <laughs> i got some fucking questions that's funny but what i loved is that you're like a living representation it's like if you love something you got to do it. Yeah. But you also have to understand there's a million different ways to do it. Yes. And you can't just be so fixated. This is how it has to happen. Because mm. then you just get stuck. Like, you're obviously the guy that said, I care about what I'm doing so much. I don't care who's watching. I don't care yeah. what it's for. I want to do it. 100%. And That's that is so fucking crucial. Mm-hmm. So important. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember I was, I was reading all this. I was like, oh, that's the only way you could accomplish all this. Yeah. Just not fixated on what you're supposed to be. Right. And don't compare yourself to other people. Fuck that. You know, you don't compare yourself. It's like, well, we're different people. You know, it's like Chris Angel is great. You know, he's fun, uh, amazing uh, success. Well, he's different. He's doing it his way. I'm doing it my way. And, you know, you just, just do it your way. I noticed you worked with him on one of his, uh, his, his show, right? His TV show? Yeah, I helped him a little bit. And we just worked on his pilot together, actually. Yeah, yeah I want to talk yeah. about the new pilot in a minute here. Yeah, yeah. I'm really curious because you said it like multiple times. Like, I have no idea what this is about. What is he doing? Yeah, it's cool. And especially after reading all this stuff. I'm like, all right, what the fuck is Tony doing right now? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I didn't talk about it much, but I can, I, I can mention a little bit about it. Um, but yeah, it's cool. But it's it's just really doing it your way. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, the greatest artists, look at the greatest artists. They were always like, you know, look at Prince and even your world, you know, it, it was always kind of, well, this guy's never, yeah, it's weird. He's never going to yeah. make, he's doing his own way. He just can't even read music. The guy can't read music. He'll never make it. You know, the yeah. guy never make it. But you do it your own way. Yeah. And it, it, do it because there's nothing else you can do. That's all you have. Yeah. If that, what's the term, what's the alternative? Not? Uh, what kind know. of life is that? But look at, but look at your world too, though. My world, I teach, I consult, I build and I create magic for people. I direct, I perform, I lecture. So there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff within your world that you could still do. Yeah, absolutely. And be in, keep your hands in it, and it's good to learn anyway. I love teaching because you know how it is. You learn when you teach. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, my better. first episode of the podcast, I brought on my guitar teacher, and a lot, there's a lot of, you know, we talked. I called it the music student. We talked about the idea of being a student of music, just yeah. a student of anything. Yeah. You know, the teaching is such a huge factor of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. It's, it's just it's I'm I'm amazed and I'm it's really I'm really inspired too because it's it's so easy to believe like oh I'm a songwriter so that means I have to release songs and somehow make it that way it's like that is not the only route no 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 oh I'm a guitar player so I need to find a band to be a lead guitar player that is not the only right. route I are mean, you yeah are you saying that because other people are doing it that's the question and like how much have right. you actually explored yourself how much have you tried yourself right you know like are you, it's like and that requires you being a little vulnerable go out and say this is what I've got and get ready to get punched in the throat right. <laughs> Right, and that's okay, because I get back up and I've still got it. You're still the one doing it. I'm still doing it. Either you right. doing it or no one else's. You know? That's right. Um, so a TV show, you've done a few, you've done a number of them. Yeah, I, I performed on a bunch of shows and I guest starred on shows. Uh, I was on Bachelorette, you know, a funny, funny one. I was on uh, Cedric <laughs> the Entertainer show, The Soul Man, and I, I had lines with him. It was fun, you know. Cool. Oh man, uh, opposite him and on Masters of Illusion, I was on Rose. Uh, World's Most Dangerous Magic years ago on NBC, and uh, I was on World Magic Awards. Uh, what else? Uh, probably a couple I'm missing here and there, but yeah, I just yeah, there's it. a long list of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so going into a show like a lot of the shows are based on magic themselves. Most of them are magic, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't you know yeah you did you did some guest stars where like right. oh, I'm the magician I came on did my right. job like sure right. there's a director producer but you had a huge role to play like how do you go about making a magic show like was it your idea to start something or did you have was it your vision or did someone bring you in and say hey Tony you're the master at this we need you to make a show about magic because it's one thing on stage I'm sitting down I paid for a ticket I'm watching the show right but if I'm you know scrolling and I put on a show about magic what what's the difference like there's got to be oh, different factors for, for TV there. you mean for TV, for TV yeah. Well, the what I just did, um, and like I did, you know, I did a lot of TV shows. Like, if there's magic in the episode, for instance, yeah, like Monk, you know, that was a huge episode of magic. Steve Valentine, my buddy, was in it. He starred in it, guest starred in it. So it was tons of magic in it. So they seek you out and they show you the script and you go okay and you start talking about the magic and you have to make their vision come to reality you know yeah and and make and get the tricks figure them out like the show I just worked on you know it was three weeks of preparation and seven days of shooting and teaching the actors magic and creating original magic for the episode and so is it, it wasn't necessarily a magic show it was just a show that needed magic in it yeah most of the time yes this one for NBC it's called Like Magic and it's a characters there are magician characters in it Wow! Yeah, it's comedy. It's a scripted comedy. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's good. I hope it works. I mean, it, it, great people, amazing experience. I mean, to sit in a room with 50 people and they're listening to what I'm saying is kind of scary, uh, because I was a magic consultant. Yeah. But it was exhilarating because these were the best people 
in their field, man. Oh, man. I mean, NBC Universal. We got the best DP. Julianne Robinson, great director, award-winning director. We got these costumers. We got uh, just Pyro. heavy hitters. Yeah, I'm working with these guys, and we're all at the same like this high level, and it raises you up even higher. Yeah. I was like, I lost four pounds just working on the damn show <laughs> with all craft services and stuff around. You know, I thought, yeah. oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gain weight. I lost four pounds because I'm so I was so pumped working nonstop, <sighs> exhilarating with these top wow. people. It was great. You know, what a fucking experience. The actors are awesome. You know, say, uh, French Stewart from uh, Third Rock, Under the Sun, you know, that, that, that show, he's there. He's a, he's a classic, uh, you know, he's an amazing uh, actor, comedy actor, and all these other actors were just top-notch, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're NBC. You're, we're yeah, at NBC that's, that's Studios. The, we're the, that's the big one. The, the camera guys are awesome. I mean, it's like, oh, my God. It was like in heaven, dude. It was an unbelievable experience. Yeah, it was really, that's, really good. That's wild to me. Yeah. Do you, so do you, uh, I mean, cause, so I guess what I, what I'm getting at is that's such a different experience as a magician. Like we're, so, you're so used to being on stage totally different, with an yeah. audience. Like, so you, when you step on stage, you're passionate about what you're doing. It's a creative, you know, outlet, you know, you're really diving into getting the audience's right. attention, but then you're brought on as basically a, a consultant. Like right. I need to teach the actors the tricks. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a different feeling you get? Yes, there is. It's a different mind altogether. And thankfully, okay. all my life, I built my stuff my own myself. And that's why I have a product line. I sell products. So my mind is in that be I'm able to create. Yeah. That's a different mindset, different part of your brain. Okay. And teaching, I like to teach. But the key is to find stuff that fits right. And it's not going to be so hard to learn. So you got to balance it. Wow. And stay, stay in their vision. Try to keep their vision. Like they had this <clears throat> one trick with a monkey coming out of this, this uh, chalice, this uh, goblet. And they go, we wrote that, but, you know, if you, you want to change it, you can change it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that challenge. Let's figure gonna, that out. Yeah. <clears throat> so I – excuse me. So I started uh, uh, working on it, and freaking I figured it out. Jesus. And it came out pretty good. It looked pretty damn good. And it was the oddest thing in the world. I looked at the script going, freaking monkey coming out of this freaking thing. So – And you made that happen. Yeah. So I, I read uh, the Taylor Swift thing. Yeah, so Taylor Swift. Is, I, did, cool. I don't even know what that is, but I remember I saw Taylor Swift. And I saw a rose burning in the hand. Yeah, yeah she did so, it for the AMA Awards. Two so years was ago. that a similar situation where like they came and you said, "Hey, we want a rose to burn in her hand while she's performing or something?" Yeah, or? they came. A friend of mine was actually involved directly, but they call me when they cut to a point to go, "Oh shoot, we need to figure this out." Yeah, I mean, I I, I physically make some of the stuff. That's the, that's the cool stuff too. I oh, make. Fuck I'm yeah. able to make these props in my little shop. So. I test all this stuff. I just did something for this play Carrie just uh, last week in downtown LA because their their guy dropped out and they had to make this Jesus thing float and a book open. And but I'm able to get and do it, you know. So for that, I was like, oh shit, they need a rose and a hand hand burning. I got I I, I got that figured out. They have stuff for that, you know. Yeah. A gimmick. <clears throat> so I said, hmm. So the rose, I said, okay, I, I think I could do that. So I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, and I built it and I made it work. And she did it on TV. That's incredible. Yeah, she that was cool. Good. She was cool. She was cool. You got to meet her, and yeah, she's a hard worker, man. Oh, I mean, not... at that level, you have yeah, to be. Yeah, you can see There's... this. Oh my god, you I see that kind what... of person? I don't care what people say about like, oh, Taylor Swift did this, or Justin Bieber did that, or this person. I was like, you know what? That is the hardest fucking job there is. When you see her work, you go, that's why she does what she does. Yeah, she didn't. She, she didn't fucking hesitate. She took that gimmick in her hand, the fire. She was like, bang, no fear, bang. I do it. She oh. did it. She just okay. did it, man. That's incredible. Yeah, she had balls. I mean, she... She does have balls, She looks yeah. all innocent, but she's strong in the way she controlled everything. And she was very sweet. Yeah. Very nice to all her people. But when she walked in a room, bang. It was work time. Oh, yeah. Oh, her, I love that. She's incredible. Oh, my goodness. I love yeah, that. Yeah, just the presence she had. 
and the respect. Oh my goodness! I and I didn't know anything about her. I didn't follow her. I knew her, but I didn't go. Oh man, she's that makes her even more cool. attractive. She's cool. Yeah. Discipline, work, work <laughs> ethic, caring about what you do, like you know, having that professionalism. That's yep. just like the sexiest. It's not thing an. Ever. It's not an accident, guys. <laughs> it's not an accident. It's not. It's work. <laughs> Passion is physical. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, I think maybe you answer this because you make your own props, but if you were from your personal opinion, not from you know. The professional opinion. From your personal opinion, yes. why do you think you're the one that's been chosen over other magicians for all the gigs that you've gotten? Wow. Um, I think there's a little luck involved. There's timing involved. Um, but I think you have to be solid so when those opportunities come that you don't lose them. Like I know for a fact this NBC gig that I – I even knew the director – I worked with her uh, a year and a half ago for another project that had a little bit of magic in it. So she called me in. But I know for a fact there was four or five other people that went in to get interviewed. I knew for a fact. Yeah. So I'm sitting home going, okay, i got to go meet Julie again. I know her. I'm not going to just go in at first. I'll just go in and get some – ask questions and feel them out. Then I started hearing more people know about this gig. I'm like, oh, man, i gotta, I got to pump this up. So I went through the entire script, and I notated every magic thing in there. I made a, a mini model of an illusion that was in the script, and it worked. Holy shit. Of a little model, <laughs> scale model wow. of a girl vanishing. And I made this one thing, this coin floating that the other people said, it's, it's got to be done with CGI, and I did it, really did it. And I put it on, on, on video for them. And I had notations and all the magic. I said, I got I to gotta do this. This is big time. I went in, and it was a great meeting, obviously. And I blew them away. I, I mean, I had they even cut me off saying, you know, I think we that was great. We got enough. Yeah. You know, we had, we still, we yeah, see. The, we yeah. See. That's all we need. Yeah, we're good. I said, okay, I'm ready to, you know, let me know. And they said, well, it takes about, it takes a little while. This corporate stuff takes a while. Get, we'll get a hold of you in a day or two. Within 30 minutes, they call me, asked me to, wow. if I was interested. I said, yeah, of course. So I guess what I'm hearing <clears> is that you're, <throat> you're willing to go way far beyond what is required Yes. Work-wise. Yes, you have to. If you love it. But I, it, to me, it was like... Uh, it wasn't work for you. It was like, it was oh, thrilling. this is an exciting it challenge for what yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I, and I feel like all the years of experience now, I'm able to do that. And I feel confident. Not cocky. I'm very confident. And, uh, no, it's, I, 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 I And I'm open it. to... Uh, if they don't like something, I'm, I don't own it. You know, I'm like, okay, no problem. We'll change it. You know, TV changes rapidly. Well, see, that's the big thing. That's what we, I was talking about earlier. Like, you've, you've set this up where it's like you're not so attached to anything. Yeah. It's like, I love what I do. I'm the, I take pride in what I yes. do I stand by what I do yes but what are we trying to get to like there's something bigger than just me 100% you know it's like collaborating with two guitar, two musicians writing a song like it's not about you like oh I wrote this lyric and it means everything to me we can't rephrase it 100%. it's like no it's about the song it's about making something bigger than yourself yes and you know you come in like say I'm the best at what I do I'm here to make what you have even better because right. together right. we can right and that I mean that's such an important attitude it is it is you have to let that ego down because there's a I mean I, I that script changed quite a bit yeah, just some stuff that I worked on and hand sewn stuff and built. Jesus, and they changed it. Craftsmen, you just put it away. They don't want it. That's it. It's okay. It's for the product. Yeah. I even said to her, I said, I'm not attached to anything. My goal is to make this the best it can be. Wow. Whatever that takes. You know, I was in 110. percent You know, they gave me an office. I had my own little office. I was there all day for hours and hours, 14 hours a day, 16 hours a day. Jesus. But I feel good. I feel like I did the best I could possibly have done physically and mentally that's all that matters it's exhilarating yeah. yeah so exhilarating so this is probably a really cliche question or maybe too general of a question but you obviously love every aspect of this journey of doing what you love yeah 
in and out. Is there a favorite part of it? Is there something about like when I, when you think about magic, like there's a number one thing, like this is why magic, this is why it's so great, this is why I love it? Yeah, I love seeing still the faces. The faces. Yeah. I love seeing the reactions and hearing the reactions. Can't beat that. Yeah. No matter what. You the see response, those faces yeah. light up like, what the hell? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the story of the Magic Castle real quick because you invited me and I was like, oh my god, the Magic Castle! You made me feel like a fucking celebrity that night. Ah, well, you deserve that, it, buddy. You deserve I, it. I, 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 you talked <laughs> about like the response. I remember watching the show like, holy shit, this is like I've never seen anything like this. I've never right. actually paid attention. Like, what is happening in front of me? Right. I expected like, oh, Magic Castle, you come in, see a few tricks. It's like a right. fancy place. Right. And I'm like, whoa, this is like really the Magic Castle. Mm-hmm. But I remember walking up to the palace, the main room, and everyone Everyone was already sitting down like everyone I was like oh shit we're late and I had this like super hot date with me yeah and uh the guy at the door he's like um he's like are you here for the show I'm like yeah I'm high he's like oh you're high and he like walked me in front of all these people and sat me down night there was two chairs with my name on them. yeah and right to my left was Dick Van Dyke yes that's right you were there that night yeah oh, Dick Van Dyke he was sitting Dick oh, Van Dyke was sitting right next to me but you freaking walk off the stage you're getting a, a ring from the audience for your trick yeah you walk off the stage and everyone's expecting you to walk over and look at Dick Van Dyke but instead you put your hand on my shoulder yeah. and you say how's it going in the mic and everyone looked at me at that point like who the fuck is this kid yeah 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 that was great <laughs> oh, that was that that was one of the greatest moments of my life. Yeah, uh, you oh, made my that's day. Cool. Well, that's I love it, man. It's like, you know, in the old days, I probably wouldn't do that because I was yeah. so consumed with myself. But now, like, I look at the audience, go, oh, cool. It's so good well, to you were so there. great though because you had you brought other other magicians with you, and I yeah. remember I'm paying attention. Man, I'm a musician. I'm a performer myself. Right. I pay attention to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like saying like, "Wow, Tony really has some has has it honed in. Like, he guy is an entertainer." Like you walked off the stage, the way you acted, the way you treated people, and like the tricks were amazing, the magic was amazing, but the people were responding to you. Yes, that's the and key. that was it was so powerful to watch. It was yeah. really incredible oh, cool. experience. Thanks, buddy. I loved that. I tell everyone that story. I'm gonna invite you to every single show of my life from now on. I'm there, dude. <laughs> I am there. I love live yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what it is. Yeah, I yeah. love live performance. Yeah. Well, it's you the, understand. That's why you 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 see the work beyond the work. You know, it looks easy up there, but you go, oh, oh you, you no. see the work that's not. I call it the invisible work that nobody sees. Oh yeah. You know, that's the that's the oxymoron with magic. It looks so easy, but it took me a thousand hours to perfect. Yeah. You know, that's why I have to educate like these directors for TV a lot. It's like, you know, understand this. It doesn't just happen because yeah, I said it, make it happen. It takes you know? a while, and then when you know the secret, Santa Claus doesn't exist anymore. Well, I like the, <laughs> I like the invisible work uh, statement. Yeah, um, because it's not just prepping one trick or prepping one set list. It's your entire life. Yeah. Of studying and working and yeah. practicing and all and you know, everything that goes into it. You know, as a musician, there's upkeep. Like for me, I I didn't play sports growing up, right? Because I couldn't play football. I want I wanted to play sports, but I couldn't risk hurting my fingers. Sure. And everyone said, "Oh, you're being a little bitch." Blah blah blah. And right. I was like, "Well, I can still outlift all of you, so whatever." Right. Right. That's besides the point. <laughs> See, but yeah. But, but like, there's an yeah. upkeep, and you yeah. know, even oh, till yeah. this day, I don't I don't I don't snowboard. I don't do I don't right. skate. I don't right. do all this stuff because like this is what I do. I can't do that stuff. Right. And uh, I've talked to many musicians. You know, they get arthritis in their hand. There's so many, so many stuff. So many things happen. Sure. And then there's cats that've been doing it every single day for their whole life and still healthy. And they have routines. They have upkeep. It's like yeah. not only did I practice and master what I did, like I respected what I did. Yeah. And so it's pretty obvious with a guitar player, like oh, your shoulders, your hands, things like that. But for a magician, that's a whole, that's a physical experience. It's a whole right. body, everything. Like what is, what kind of upkeep do you have? Uh, do you have you had to do? And what's come into play as you've, you know gotten older 
Well, not for, that you're old. <laughs> well, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm up there. Um, but it, there is a physical element to it, like uh, card manipulation, cards, sleight of hand with cards. Yeah. You have to keep your fingers. There's muscles involved. Oh yeah. So there's exercises I do. Actually, I put one on Instagram a few weeks ago. And I take cards and I vanish them one at a time. And I go up to 30 cards. I could vanish 30 cards in my hands. I could hold 30 cards in my hand without seeing them. Jesus. But it's an exercise that I do to keep my fingers strong. How the fuck do you? I got to oh, look at that video. Yeah, just for years. Yeah, it's on there. But I just do one, two. I thought I was going to do 20. I said, I usually do 20, 20. I did 30, you know. I've been loving cameras, videos, cameras on, cameras on there, you, you know. Step you it do, up a little. You, yeah, you do, yeah. Pressure. But there is physical things to do. Palming coins, uh, holding coins in your hands. You, you got to keep them in your hands. Like It's, like it's got to be guitar. fluid. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like an instrument. You got it's, it, They're instruments. You have to keep the instruments in your fingers. Yeah. You gotta feel, it's all the feel. It's the touch. You know, I don't want to think. I want to feel it. So are there things that you – I mean because you you and I lift weights. Like yeah. you lift weights. You lift freaking heavy. You lift like a serious I monster. I used to. I used to not anymore. I haven't seen you in a few months yeah, doing it. Yeah, but I mean – um, I remember after seeing your magic and like realizing how, you know, we're, you know, this is what you do for, like as a profession. Right. I remember thinking to myself like, man, that guy has got to be careful in the yeah, gym. So you like, have to. what are some of the things that you have to stay away from? Oh, I stopped squatting. You know, heavy squats, the back. My yeah. back is not great because I used to squat so heavy. I squatted 650 back in my day. Jesus. And, and my deadlift is like 650. and So I don't do that heavy anymore. Um, but I think the mind-body connection is really important when, yeah. you're, when, you're, when you're training. Uh, it really connects the mind the body together. I like that part. It really connects you with the, the machine. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's like a, you can do a movement yes. for an hour, but if you're not thinking about the muscle that needs to be worked, it right. can never be worked out. Right. And in magic, it's so important because – or anything you do, any physical uh, passion or – It has any, to be intention. Yeah. Yeah, your body has to be – you're the instrument. And also, you know what, dude? If you have to rehearse and you're tired and lazy and sluggish, you ain't going to rehearse. Yeah. Keep your body in shape. If you're physically conditioned, you could rehearse more than the next guy and be better. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna get better because you can. Improve oh my better. god, I love you, Tony. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm always like, I go to, I play shows all the time. All these band guys, these musicians. I don't look the part at all. Right. I look like a fucking bodybuilder or a fitness guy. <laughs> I don't look the part of. Are you the bouncer? You look the bouncer. And I, <laughs> and I go on stage and I freaking shred and I'm sweating and I. People always ask me like, I don't know how your hands don't fucking like cramp up or like. Right. And how do you how how right. are you doing it that fast? I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. I train every fucking day of my life, not like my body, and yeah. then I practice guitar. Like, yeah. of course. It's common sense. I love. I'm so happy you said that. I'm You're like so a NASCAR, right? The NASCAR has to be at the optimum conditioning to do 500 laps. Yeah. If it was not a good condition, it'll never it. make it. It's you're the vehicle. Well, like, go ask like lead singers how much cardio and stuff they have, like how much they have to do. Oh yeah, it's insane. But you know what? Also, is the hidden secret of all that. There's the mental aspect. Oh yeah. Because it's a stress release. And 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 you, and you feel good with your body, so it's a positive energy. That positive energy then it rolls into you what you're doing, and that yeah. shows up, and it makes your practices better, it makes your performances better. You're healthier. You don't get as cranky. It's all connected. The well, physical body is all connected. To well, because once again, like you said, passion is so physical. Like once you put that positive, like you know, getting a pump or whatever it is you do for your physical body, whoever's yeah. listening, like whatever you do, once yeah. you have that positive Could be yoga too. Yeah, once well, like anything physical that you experience a positive, you know, feeling with. Yes. When you go to do your passion, when you go to do something you care about, and you get that physical feeling, it's going to come with a positivity. Hundred percent. You train your, your, like you said, mind and body to 
just physically be positive. Yes. And like once you start, once you feel yourself getting lazy or sluggish, yeah. you start to beat yourself up. You start to feel like, I don't like this. I don't want to be like this. It's because it's almost like you're addicted to doing things for yourself being physical, being real, being as uh, as dedicated as possible. Like I'm gonna practice that extra hour. Right. I'm gonna give it that extra week of training. Right. You know right. all that stuff. Right. It's it's beautiful. I'm so happy you said that. Yeah, the quality goes up overall because then you get better quality practice. You get more time, and your attitude is better. It's just a positive role. You know, a snowball effect of positivity. And the opposite is true if you're tired and you're cranky and, you, you know, I don't want to. That's what happens to a lot of bands. You know, back in the day, my buddies had bands back east and they're lazy. One guy doesn't want to practice. You know how it is. It's yeah. Just, dude, do it, man. Do it the best you can. I had a band on. Uh, they're called, their name is Mr. Call. I had a band on uh, for one of the episodes. And we kind of talked about that. Their, their work ethic is so fucking on point. Like they write great music, but there's just – there's no way they'd be where they're at if they didn't have that kind of ethic. Like yeah. when we practice, we fucking practice. When we get on stage, yeah. we give it our all. You know, and they all put that fucking work in. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's amazing how much of a difference that makes. Oh. Because you could have the best product in the world, but if you can't deliver it – No. Means nothing. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it has to be alive. It's got to be a live product. Yeah, we're not selling uh, ceramics, you know. Yeah, we're selling physical energy. And you're fucking doing illusions in the midst of it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I mean, like your hands, like that's that you have to be. Your hands have to be quick. Your hands have to be yeah. fluid. You know, have you ever like hurt your hand? I the, did. I did. I did. I mean, I, years ago, I almost cut my finger off, and uh, still have a bad scar here. I was working on a prop and this this grinder, which is the worst cut you can get. A grinder. Oh God! It flipped out of my hand <sighs> and it came down. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff, but I still performed. I still performed. Modified my performance. Yeah. Did you ever have like muscle issues from like lifting or anything like uh, that? My hands are not like totally like loose, but I, I have to warm them up a little bit. Yeah, from the deadlifting, you know, I would never do it again if I choose if I knew better but yeah I stopped thank God I stopped deadlifting a while ago because yeah. of my left hand yeah yeah it's not it's not yeah. worth it it's not worth it well, I started actually because like the left hand is one I use for all like the, you know, the intricate yeah. playing and all these tiny muscles are developing all the forearm muscles are developing and then I would go in the gym and I'd pull and like with my raw hand yeah. so much weight I was actually getting shooting pains in the top oh, yeah, of my yeah. hand you don't need that. I couldn't even make a fist oh no no so no. I just said fuck it I'm done with deadlifts no you don't need it you know it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's not necessary it's not necessary well it's crazy because you know you don't think about it you don't think about how much like because like certain things like if you're holding a hammer is different you need like your, your grip strength and that's it and aim. sure but like intricate things like magic or right. you know, playing the guitar, piano instrument, things like it's it's wild. You never be, think you of it. have to be very dexterous, very mobile, very uh, fluent with your hands. You know, yeah. So you that's have, why I like yoga now. I do yoga every day. I need to join a yoga studio. Yeah, I need that. I just shit. do it at home. I learn. You know, I, I study with a private uh, place, and uh, it's very old style. Right very on. to myself, uh, and I need it for my hips. You know, it's good for my hips. Opens yeah. up my hips, and but it's it's a nice. A way to get the mind down and slow down and the clarity comes yeah and i've been more creative probably in the last year than i've ever been in my life i just finished writing a script for a movie i just finished really? it really yeah Do you think it's from the uh it's just being open it's just the positive mind opening up wow yeah yeah man this is freaking gold yeah i love this yeah i mean it's it's you know it sounds cliche but it's if you do it it's gonna, it's gonna you know it's fine it's just enjoy it man yeah yeah, just get rid of everybody else. Get rid of the competition. You're only competing with yourself. You can only oh, be as good yeah. as you can be. You know, you can only. It doesn't matter what this guy's doing because if you're not good, it doesn't matter. You know, don't get pissed at him because he's he's successful. Be happy if he's successful. You know, I always remember seeing guys going, "Oh my God, he's successful. That means I can do it." 
Yeah. You know, it, it, it's showing possibilities. Yeah. You know, so just keep positive and just, just, just keep pushing ahead. That's all. One of my favorite quotes in the entire world. I'm a huge uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson fan. I, oh, yeah. I great. love Emerson. Yeah. I have, his book is like my Bible. Yeah. Um, in one of his essays, he uh, makes a quote. Says envy is ignorance, imitation is suicide. Ooh. And I always loved it because it's like you think about you know that person is successful, like that envy. It's the it, you're being ignorant to the fact that you're capable of it. Right. You know, imitation is suicide. To see someone succeed and do exactly what they did, oh you give up your free will as yeah. an artist, as, yes. as creative. You completely. Totally I mean, it's one of the most important things I ever wow. read. Wow. And uh, it's so true because it's like. Anytime you think like, oh man, like I'm jealous or I'm envious, it's like, well, you're just ignorant to the fact that you're probably capable of doing it. You're just not going to. Right. Right. Like you need to put that work right. in. You know, like getting rid of that competition. And yeah. you know, and on that on that point of you know getting rid of competition and like you being the best you can. You know, after all these years in a in a career that's obviously you know very skill based, how do you get better still? Like, how are you getting better? Are you learning from someone? Or are you pushing yourself to certain limits? Like, what is your technique to that doesn't that doesn't put you into competition with other people? Right. Um, it depends. Like for now, when I was always performing, I was always working on my act, always rehearsing it, always working on technique, always refining, always refining. Uh, now I'm creating for other people, which is cool because. I'm always have new challenges. I kind of like that stimulation of new challenges coming yeah. up and and getting into work. You know, you put yourself in the position to have to be better. Yeah, yeah. You you, you people are expecting you know hiring you, paying you money and you know good money to come up with stuff. You, you better deliver. But I I don't. I'm not so afraid of that. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. What it, what was it? It's a uh, when you're nervous, your brain fires the same neurons as when you're excited. Right. It's the exact same oh, yeah, experience yeah. for your brain. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. That's right. a crazy thing to think about. <laughs> this, and, 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 you know, Tony Robbins had a thing called necessity is the mother of invention. Oh, yeah. Heard that one. So what you do is you go realize what the necessity is and then you invent for it, you know. Yeah. And what you can achieve, you can what you can conceive, you can achieve. That's Napoleon Hill too, you know. So a lot of great quotes, you know. And it's, hey, look, out there I, I would say to all the listeners – counterbalance there's negativity in the world it's going to be that way no matter what there's yeah. naysayers in your life sometimes they're close to you they could be relatives could be family closely related <laughs> that's hey that's the way it is that's the way it is don't worry about it but counterbalance that with positive information read Think and Grow Rich read uh, Dale Carnegie books read well Emerson books read quotes read uh, uh, Zig Ziglar I love Zig Ziglar right create practices yoga yeah. meditation yes. things like so that so counterbalance that to wow. offset it because if you're that's why I haven't watched the news in seven years I got rid of TV you know I watch just my pro programs I pick yeah. Hulu or Netflix I never I never watched the news in seven years this guy today someone tell me about a story I said I don't do it I don't know what you're talking about sorry yeah it's politics I, just, I, I could care less yeah it's a negative. It's what bullshit. is that doing for me right no, now? Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing to do. You know. And like, people always have you know something to say. They're always like, "Oh, but you need to pay attention. This is the world you live in. These are problems going on." It's like not the world you like, live in. It's the world you create. It's like I'm. It's like I get it. I live on the same planet as you, and I'm not denying that anyone else is struggling, and I'm not. Right, like, right. but I get to wake up and make my choices. So I'm yeah, gonna yeah, do that. Definitely. And there's not. No one should ever feel guilty for waking up and making their choices. Make the choices, be a good person, leave the place a little better than you left it. That's all I say. Oh yeah. Simple as that. 
very simple. Maybe the play's a little better than the other. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I'm really happy that you're out there, Tony. I'm very happy that someone out. I'm, hey. I'm really, I'm honored to have someone like you on the podcast. I think you're really, really brought a lot of what I, I want this to be. Okay. But, I'm, but more importantly, I'm excited that I'm happy that someone like you is out there. Thanks, buddy. But you attracted it. See, same thing, right? Yeah. I, I knew you. I remember I said something about yes, dude. You're something going on with you because you're a little more. <laughs> remember I said this to you is that you are more perceptive than most people around. <laughs> you have I I didn't know anything about you I, I said you're not big and I admire you because you're in good shape I, I was I appreciate that because again oh, yeah. I can see the work that goes in it absolutely I'm like oh shit this dude you know you can't say you're working it. out <laughs> yeah you, you see it right it's 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 a, it's a very honest place the gym but then when I met you and I, I started going just something going on you know just something so like, oh you're an artist ah okay that makes sense <laughs> oh I do this okay so you know it's it, it's it's being aware of your surroundings and your yeah. background and your way you were raised and your family your stories about you know okay it all makes sense yeah it doesn't happen <laughs> accidentally you're conscious of what you're doing well, I appreciate that man yeah. so I, that's why I, otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here yeah I mean I, I attract I, like attracts if you were like a you know gangbanger, we'd be doing gangbanging uh, uh, podcasts yeah. <laughs> or something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. Those are that's yeah. very kind. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you being on here. Um, before we uh, wrap this all up, I'm curious. If I was a magician, I started yesterday. I told myself I'm going to be a magician. Yes. And I came to Tony Clark, and I said, "What do I need to know? What is the most important thing, or what is the three most important things that I need to know for magic?" For being a successful wow. magician. Okay. For So you want to do this as a profession? Yeah, I want to be a magician. Oh, you want I to want do, be paid to be a whoa. magician. Okay. First thing I would say is, is it the only thing that you would want to do? First of all, could, that's the thing I want to know. Is, it, if that, is that the first foremost thing that you would want to do? And if you say yes, then I know you're on track. Then I would say, I would, I would start knowing you're a, a musician. I always do this with my students. I don't teach that much privately, but I always find out what they already have. Mm. And I use that as a base. Interesting. And actually, it created a cool trick that I use in my act now for a musician that came to me years ago. He's a drummer. And I said, let's start with what you know. What do you drum? Put the drum in. What do you do with it? I don't know. But start with what you have because we all have something unique. Use that as the base. Interesting. Now you're building on the uniqueness of that as opposed to trying to be like David Copperfield or, well, or David Blaine or Chris Angel. So start with your uniqueness, which we all have, and then we'll build on that. That's what I would say if you want to be more successful. Wow. So do that. Yeah. And I wish I knew that myself growing up. Damn, that was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Holy so, shit. So that's the way it goes. You know, that's what happens when you're old, dude. Is it is it is it the most? It's what you want. Is it what you want? Is it the foremost thing that you want? Yeah. And then is it is there's nothing else you could think of doing? You have to do it. You have to do it. Why do you no do it? No other way. Because I have to do it. Yeah. What and am then, I gonna do? What else am I gonna do? And then after they say yes to that, you say, okay, well, what's unique about you? Yeah. Let's find out what you have that's unique. Nothing to do with magic. I don't care. Magic wow. is the tool. Okay, look at it's like music, right? How many different rock bands are there? Yeah, there's a lot of rock bands, but they all have their unique style, their unique brand, their unique intention. Singers, oh yeah, they all sing the similar song. How different are they, really? They're all the same. They're notes. Yeah, it's a fucking it's music. But how they express it? It's totally different. Oh man, if you could do that with magic, <clears throat> it, 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 it's gonna set you apart. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. That's but the first thing is you have to love it because then that will make you get through all the hard points. 
You have to know that there's nothing else you can do. Right. I mean, you could. Yeah. But you're not going to. Yeah. This is what you want. Dude, when I started living in that studio apartment, I started serving food. Nobody knew this. My neighbor was a, an actor. He was a starving actor, too. And I'm getting down. I have 500 bucks in my account. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm getting running out of money. I don't want to ask for money at home. I'm in a studio apartment in Hollywood by myself. He goes, dude, come with me. We're serving food to Drexel Burnham and Lampart Building, the, the stock traders. Michael Milken, he was the guy that got arrested for insider trading on in Beverly Hills. We come. We go there in the morning. We serve their food. We're done by 1 o'clock. And you get to take food home. So I said, fuck, that's it. That kept me going for another eight months. Damn. That kept me alive. I got a little bit of money. I got home. I, I, you're not supposed to take food, but just, just said, take Tupperware with you, and you can take food with you. There's always leftovers. You know, they have good food in there. Holy I, shit. So that kept me going, man. I had $500, but that kept me going. I said, there's no way I'm going to – I can't give – Was it a paying gig? Yeah, yeah. You get paid. It was like $10 an hour back then or whatever. Yeah. So you work four hours, make 40 bucks a day times But five. you're not paying for food. Right. And it's kind of hidden. Nobody sees during the day. So I'd leave and I'd take my clothes. I wouldn't let anybody see my apron. I'd hide it. You know, nobody, wow. nobody. I, I, I don't think I may have written in the book. I can't remember if I even wrote in the book, but I, I don't want anybody to know. I was a magician, you know. Yeah. I'm the award-winning magician, but I did. I, I serve food for these people. Secretly. Wow. So you were using your magic to sneak food then? Yeah, man. Dude, that's so fucking cool. But that's that <laughs> that's is so cool. But that's part of the deal of like, do what you need to do, respectively. Of obviously, you don't want to hurt anybody or do something stupid. Absolutely. Do what you need to do to survive in the business, and I'm glad I did it when I was younger because now I'm like, oh, I'm older. Would I do it? I don't know if I would do it. I did live like that, you know, that little studio apartment, you know. But it's a little bit of grit, you know. Yeah, man, it was, dude. My, it was like my hairdresser's. Your hair's starting to fall out. Why? Because I was eating ramen every day. It was five dollars, five for a dollar ramen from Ralph's. Ralph's. uh, I still eat that shit, man. (laughs) And it was so cheap. But I did what I had to do. And chicken dogs, like the shittiest chicken dogs. <laughs> Cheap. Fuck, Tony. I had to do what I had to do. And I lived like that for several years. Wow. Several years in Hollywood. Yeah. But you were at the Magic Castle every night. Yeah, I was just walking down to the Magic Castle. Man, you are day. a rock star. You are a well, fucking rock star. I don't, uh, I don't know what it is. I, I, it just, I just did it, man. It's hard to believe, really. Hard that to believe. was incredible. This, 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 was, this is spectacular. So... Uh, what, so what's what's the personal goal in the future? What's what's next? You just did a TV pilot. You can't talk about it much. Yeah. When, when can we expect it to... Uh, uh, if it hits, we'll know by May. We'll know by May. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do we, we know what it's called? It's called Like Magic. Like Magic. NBC, yeah. It was in the trades. It's okay. talked about All and right. stuff. Uh, uh, so it's 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 good. Great cast. Great you know stuff. So if it hits, it'd be great. Um, and then, you know, I'm working on this little movie project. And then I got another, I got clients that I work with privately too, uh, illusionists and different people. And okay. My product line. And I got new products I'm pushing. And Dude. I'm always doing something. You know, always you're, doing you're, fuck. Yeah. You're amazing. This is, this uh, is incredible. Thanks, man. Thanks. So is there, is there anything on the bucket list as a magician? Like, is there something you haven't accomplished that you want to do? Something that's just like out there? Uh, I mean, you did. I don't know. Do you know what? Castle. I think I, I, I don't think that far ahead anymore. I my goal is to really enjoy every day that I have. I just okay. had several deaths happen recently, different friends, close, some not so close, some magicians that I've known for years. And it makes you realize just enjoy what you're doing while you're doing it. Because yeah. that's really the only time you have. Interesting. And that puts you in that moment. And that makes you better at what you're doing at that moment. Yeah. Because you're really doing it. Your head's not somewhere else. You're fucking really in 100% it. there, yeah. You're there. It's so amazing because 
the results are like incredible. Like wow, you can you can see the difference. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Jesus, man. Yep. Well, I'm just I'm so honored to have had you on here. My pleasure. I appreciate buddy. You coming. Any last words before we go? Uh, there's a quote that I have in my book, and it says, "All everything starts with a dream, and all your dreams in life can come true, just as long as you don't oversleep." Ah, wow. I, I like that. Damn, I'm reading your freaking book tonight. <laughs> well, everyone, this is the Studio Corner with Tony Clark. Be sure Thanks, to buddy. look him up. It's Tony you. Clark Tony Clark Productions on Instagram. Tony Clark all over the fucking yeah. internet. Tony this Clark guy. Magic. These days you can find. It's easy to find. Yeah, people. I mean, look this guy up. This is some incredible stuff. Thanks, uh, and hopefully I'll see you again at the Magic Castle and the gym. Well, I'm sure that'll happen. Absolutely, man. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. All right. Peace. Peace.